0: ladies and gentlemen welcome back to the 504 core podcast episode 15 uh we're with zach nagy uh sports illustrated today uh zach you know um since you've been here luke holman committed to lsu um take take us into that what happened
1: yeah so i actually got the chance to kind of talk to luke for a really long time about the whole process and everything as a whole it got delayed in a big way just because he was doing team usa baseball um Really the entire month of June was just dedicated to that. And then going early into July was kind of the same case. But ultimately he took his three visits like we talked about last week or the week before. He went to Tennessee, Mississippi State, and then LSU was his final stop. He was going to go see Auburn. You know, he was going to go see Auburn before shutting things down, but after that LSU visit it was kind of clear-cut where he wanted to be. And, you know, from the jump it was pretty understood that he was going to become an LSU Tiger. It wasn't something that caught anybody off guard. Uh, his main thing was being comfortable. It He knows that he's going to get the development from whichever program he was really choosing, whether it was Tennessee, Mississippi State, LSU. He knew the developmental aspect of things. He'd be able to get wherever he went. But it was just something about the culture down south in Baton Rouge that really attracted him and just being comfortable on campus with Jay Johnson. And Ultimately, when you look at it, it was, it was pretty clear-cut, the vision that Johnson had. He's a weekend rotation guy. Uh, LSU had a weekend spot. And who wouldn't want to join the reigning national champions?
0: Yeah. Was there ever really a threat from another school or is it just kind of LSU all along and it was just kind of, you know, someone competing against LSU? I
1: feel like Mississippi State was kind of a team that was kind of like showing some some chances there because they were recruiting Braden Montgomery really hard. Uh, and Braden Montgomery's the top guy in the portal. That dude is an absolute menace. But it's looking right now like he'll probably return back to Stanford. But there were some rumblings that them two might team up at Mississippi State and do something there because – they developed a relationship at Team USA, which was what he was kind of telling me. And uh, you know, at the end of the day, he knew where he wanted to be. It looks like Montgomery's going back to Stanford. It'll it'll ride itself in the coming weeks.
0: Yeah. Um, do you think you think Holman's their number one ace, or do you think him and, him and Heard? I mean, Heard could be a one or two, but is he the number one guy? Have you heard any like rumblings and Jay Johnson pitching that, or is it
1: just it's kind of like a one A one B situation? Hurd uh, showed yeah. you everything in the tank. He 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 let it loose in in the College World Series. He showed you everything that you wanted, and his improvement over the year was just incredible. Holman is an ace. He could he he's, he. He's more than likely your Friday night guy, but either way, you have two guys who can can interchange at any time. So I don't know if the pitch was necessarily you come here and you're our Friday night guy, but at the end of the day, he's going to be a Friday or Saturday starter.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's going to get his opportunities. Him and Hurd are definitely going to get their opportunities. You know, they got. Bunch of freshmen coming in that can pitch. Um yeah, I mean LSU, you know, just reloading in baseball once again. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see how it plays out. Um I know you're high on Cameron Johnson, I am too. What was he, like the eleventh best prospect in the draft? So or like coming out of high school. So um yeah, I'm excited for it. Um are they done with the transfers or what's going on with that?
1: Everybody's kind of develop? like they're trying to like develop their own thought process on that, but everything that I've heard on my end is that they're pretty much Set in stone, this portal hall's done. They went ahead and they got their six guys, and all of them are immediate impact type of players. Um, so to my understanding, the portal hall's done, and, and, and that's really it. I haven't heard any rumblings on any other player that they've been contacting or anything of that nature. So to me, it's done.
0: Yeah, I mean, you kind of have to be done at this point. I mean, you could always add more talent, obviously, but um I mean, yeah, if you're going to want Kling to develop and all these other guys, some of these freshmen to get playing time, you know, you got Pearson and Bingham, like – you're gonna you're gonna need to develop some of these younger guys that we can have a long standing uh, with success. So, um, yeah, it sounds like that's probably the wise move. But you know, if they did add Braden Montgomery out of the blue, I, w- I wouldn't be upset. Um, yeah, what what happened to, um, going to football? What happened to uh, LSU uh, Bayou splash? I know there's a lot of a lot of news that came out of there. What, what was your biggest takeaway from that?
1: Yeah. So Friday. Uh- was probably the biggest recruiting event that LSU's had, and I, I couldn't even tell you how long. Last year's Bayer's Blatch was success, but this year was just absolutely monstrous. Just from like you got the number one quarterback in America, Bryce Underwood to campus, and it, that's one of the biggest deals uh, of the summer. To get him to not go to Michigan and to come to LSU instead was absolutely phenomenal. And he came on his parents, uh, it was their anniversary weekend. So he brought his entire family, he brought his girlfriend, he brought everybody in town. And it kind of just showed like the family aspect of things to get Brian Kelly to sit down and have a meeting with them, lay out the plan. He has a commitment date set for January, so they'll probably try to get him in for an official visit in the fall for a game day as well. So a lot of really good positive things on that front with Bryce Underwood, but the the main talk of the town right now is Colin Simmons. Five-star edge, top 10 prospect nationally. To get him to come in town on Friday was a big deal, but to get him to stay for the rest of the weekend was even bigger. It was kind of anticipated that he would come in on Friday and then either go check out Texas or Texas A&M, but either one of the days before the recruiting dead period started up again on Tuesday. But to get him to stay in town was incredible. He was joined by Caden Durham, four-star running back, top you know target for LSU as well. So to get kind of like that Duncanville duo to stay in town for the whole weekend is huge. And fast forward to now, and he's going to be revealing his commitment date today. Him and Caden Durham are both going to reveal that date for when they're going to announce their college decision. And for Durham, LSU's trending really, really positively. Um, there's no, there's no hesitancy there. LSU is really putting their foot on the gas for him for Simmons. It's going to be an LSU, Texas battle down the stretch. That's going to be one that a lot of people are circling and just want to see what can happen over the next couple of weeks. People are saying that Simmons could really just stretch this thing out and take it until, you know, September, October, November, December, but, everything that I'm hearing on my end would be him probably revealing a commitment date for sometime in August. And it's hard to not feel good about LSU's chances at that point, if it is in August coming off of his last visit. But those three guys were really, really big to get in town. That being Bryce Underwood, Caden Durham, and Colin Simmons. And then the number one player in Louisiana, Dominic McKinley is also monstrous. So big weekend, nothing but being a, you know, it was, it was a productive, it was a productive stretch.
0: Does Durham have any influence on Colin Simmons? I mean, I know they're close. Or at least it seems like on social media. I don't know how close they are, but uh, would that have any kind of influence on Simmons? Because seems like seems like Durham's an LSU lean right now, right? Like that's yeah. That's I would agree So, yeah. So, like, does Simmons have any inf- or does Durham have any influence on Simmons potentially committing to LSU?
1: A lot of people would tell you yes. I'd probably say yes as well. Today's going to really tell the story. Just are their commitment dates going to be the same? Are they going to do it on the same day? They're both kind of – they both understand the platform that they have. So, ideally, they would do two separate dates so that they can both have their own, you know, special event. But, yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. I would say that both of them are definitely pushing the team up at the next level, and that would be either at, you know, Texas A&M or LSU. So, we'll see what happens there. But today, today's going to be huge. Wh- whatever date they decide is going to tell the story.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I tuned in. I saw you join, too. I tuned into to Durham's Live. Um yeah, he said he wasn't going to Texas. He didn't like Texas at all. And then, you know, AM, I just feel like he just had to loop in three schools uh, just to have a hat on the table. But, um, yeah, I mean, from everything you gather, you know, they have a big weekend and then he he stays there for multiple days and then all of a sudden he's setting a commitment date shortly after. You know, it's pretty telling uh, what he leans. But, yeah, I mean, if, they, if you can get Durham, the only running back they're going after in this class, and then you add Simmons, that's a massive get. Um, What about Dominic McKinley? What was going on with him?
1: For a long time, it kind of seemed like LSU was a dark horse to land him. Obviously, he's a Louisiana guy, so they're really pushing for him. And everything that I've gathered on that front is that the weekend was super productive. Um, He had some time to sit down one-on-one with Brian Kelly, sit down with the coaching staff, and it was a really good weekend. But it's going to be one that LSU is taking probably down to the wire. They're battling a bunch of different programs like Oklahoma, Texas A&M. Uh, he has like a top six that's really, really, you know, prized. But to get him to stay, to get, get him to come in town is a really big deal. They also offered his younger brother, um, Darius McKinley, over the weekend too. So you're going to see this program put their foot on the gas for both the McKinley brothers. But the first domino is obviously going to be Dominic. So we can see what happens from there. But really, really good to get him in town for uh, that Friday body splash.
0: What year? What year is his younger brother in?
1: 2026. He's a rising sophomore.
0: Oh, damn. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I don't know why they weren't pushing for him earlier. Um I you know, I, I heard some it's like Frank Wilson's taking over the recruiting for McKinley. Is that what's going on?
1: He's just a recruiting guru. He he's gonna do whatever he can to get those top guys. If if you're at the top of their list, Frank Wilson's gonna be involved somewhere or another.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you had Simmons, McKinley, the guys you already have, I mean, you're gonna have a you're gonna have a really raw team, uh D-line. So yeah, I'm excited uh with that. Um, possibility. So, you know, LSU's re- starting to recruit better and better. You know, people were bitching about like, oh, they're only 15. Oh, they're only 14. only oh, they're 12. but no, they're 11 now. So, you know, it seems like Kelly's on the rise with that. Um, then they also got two big commitments with uh, Ori Williams, which you alluded to last week. Uh, what, what happened there? And, and uh, um, yeah, I want to hear your thoughts about it.
1: Ori Williams has kind of been like a lean for LSU for quite some time. He came and took his official visit to LSU in June. And I actually got to see him on campus, which was crazy, because he's just such a monster. He's 6'7", six, 6'8", six, 300. Uh, dude's just an absolute unit. So to see him in person was pretty crazy. But all in all, it was really going to be an LSU-Florida battle. And after that official visit to LSU, it was kind of written in the stars that he was going to become, a, you know, an LSU Tiger. It, it, it's It's been a guy who's rising steadily over the last couple of months. And he's a high upside guy. He might be the, he might have the most upside of anybody in this entire 2024 class to this point. He's long. He's physical. He bends well. He's putting on a lot of size. But to me, the length is what jumps off the page when you watch his film. Ori um, Williams is a monster get despite being a three-star. So that, that, that was big for me. I was watching a lot of his film the other day. I did kind of a scouting report on him, and I had nothing but positive things to say. That's a huge get for Brad Davis in that offensive line. To have four, you know, commitments in that class now up front is is huge. So we'll see what happens from there. But in my opinion, Orie is, is about as big as it gets uh, after this Bayou Splash weekend.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just it's so it's so refreshing to see. I mean, LSU is always, you know, I wouldn't say had the best offensive lines, but they've kind of re- mm, struggled a little bit recruiting that. And then that's what Brian Kelly, before coming to LSU, was known for is recruiting offensive line and um tight ends. I mean, just look at the tight ends that have come through here or about to be coming through here. I mean, you had three last cycle, you got Mason Taylor who's gonna be a, a draft probably a top three draft pick, uh, top three round draft pick if he continues to trend the way he's trending. So um and then you got, you know, more guys coming in. Um what was the guy's name that committed yesterday? At LaFleur?
1: Yeah JD LaFleur, twenty twenty five tight end. Yeah. He, that that that's crazy. I, I,
0: Yeah, you mean, uh, his dad him? played at LSU, didn't he?
1: Yeah, so J.D. LaFleur's a legacy. His dad was an All-American. Yeah, LaFleur. I think his dad was LSU. a first-round pick. Yeah his, dad is, he, yeah, his dad's a freak. And, I mean, if you go look at J.D., I mean, he's 6'6", 220 as, as a rising junior. And he, he looks like just a monster. So, really, to get in early on, his recruitment's huge. Yesterday was the first day that, you know, programs can actually start initiating contact with juniors as opposed to juniors reaching out to the staff. So to get him to shut down his recruiting process on the first day that he really can, it is tremendous. And it shows kind of like just what everybody's doing in that recruiting department for LSU. JD's a freak. He's the third commitment in the 2025 class. So to to get him to shut things down and know where he wants to be is a telling sign for what that 2025 class can develop to be.
0: Yeah. I mean, there, it really is. Um, I'm, you know, I can't believe like these guys are rated like three stars, like Ori Williams, like, that's dude's a three-star like these guys are going to trend in a positive direction probably get that four star but um and then that guy what's his name uh joseph crier he, he committed that was pretty fast i mean lsu offered him a seemed within 24 hours he decommitted committed and committed to lsu um that was pretty pretty cut and dry it seemed like huh
1: yeah lsu offered him on wednesday like july 26 25th whatever it was and literally four five six days later he flipped his commitment from ole miss and Another Louisiana guy, he's up in Natchitoches playing for them. And just just a monster get for LSU. His film is tremendous. You were talking about, like, these guys being three stars and whatnot. Joseph Cryer is some of the best film that I've watched um, for these 2024 guys. So to get him to flip from Ole Miss and come to LSU is another really, really big get for Brad Davis in that offensive line. So they're not slowing down anytime soon. They have two other guys that they're keeping tabs on. But in my opinion, to secure Ori Williams, get Joseph Cryer involved, and then push into the 2025 class too. Is just showing that that Bayou Splash event went crazy, and now you know you have Colin Simmons, Caden Durham shutting down their processes is what it seems to. Who knows what Colin Simmons does, but it, it's 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 really ramping up for LSU recruiting. They're showing no signs of slowing down.
0: Yeah, no, it's exciting for sure. What? Um, how many? How many twenty twenty five kids went to that Bayou Splash thing? Do you know? Do you have like an official list? Yeah, probably, wearing, like 13, kinda... probably like
1: thirteen. They probably like 14 like top guys. Uh, it was a really big mix yeah. of, like, 2024 commitments, 2024 targets, a couple 2025 guys, and then a handful of 2026 guys. But about 50 people in total, and uh, they brought their families and really, really, really productive event. I, I don't think it could have gone any better for this program.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, so right now they're, they're ranked 11th. What would be, like, in your eyes, like, a successful recruiting class um, for LSU? Like, if they finished in the top what?
1: Probably top seven. Um, you have a lot of guys who are about to start revealing their commitments. They probably had a couple of silent commitments over the weekend as well. But there's some guys that you're pushing for, like McKinley, Simmons, Durham, Mack, linebacker Devin Smith. There's a lot of guys like high on their radar that could be revealing their pledge sooner rather than later. And if you can get all those guys and kind of like your dream class, I feel like they could put you over the top and put you into a top seven, top six class. So if you can get around that range, I mean, it's just another dominant recruiting run for uh, Brian Kelly.
0: What's the latest with uh, Wardell Mac out of Marrero? He's from Marrero, right?
1: Mm-hmm. I've heard so many different things yeah. about Wardell Mac. I can't like I, – I'd be lying if I said like too much, but what I do know is that he was supposed to be on the visitors list for Bayou Splash on Friday. Instead, he took a visit over to Gainesville and go see Florida. Heard he was late for his mm-hmm. visit, left early, a bunch of different things. So his recruitment seems like it's going to be like a Florida, Texas, and maybe LSU battle. That's going to be one that LSU is pushing all the way to the early signing period in December. but. Those are the three schools that are super involved, and I'm intrigued to see what Florida and Texas have to do because LSU is an easy sell. It's the home team, and we're really good at keeping those John Eric guys home. So, three team battle. LSU is kind of on the back burner, but we'll see if they can get more involved once again. But Florida to get him over there before the dead period started again was pretty big.
0: Yeah, I could you know I could easily see this being like, oh, he's leaning towards this, and then like last second LSU kicks up the. The notch on recruiting him, uh, I could easily see that as you know being the case for that. So, yeah, that, that'll be a massive get if they could do that. Um, and then uh, what's his name? Xavier Atkins. Um, he's he, he, he supposed to go to Bayou Splash, and then he he went to, what, A&M for over the weekend instead? What was the latest with him?
1: Yeah, so Atkins was probably the second guy to commit in the 2024 class. He's been committed for a year now, and ever since he committed, he's been kind of taking visits yeah. everywhere else, whether it's Arkansas, A&M. He was a Missouri commit before as well. So he's kind of been all over the place with his whole process. But if you had ask me right now what's going to happen with Xavier Adkins, I would say that he's going to decommit from LSU and flip to Texas A&M. And I think that's a thing that could happen sooner rather than later, just because he was supposed to be there on Friday, and he really hasn't showed any effort in trying to get back to campus at all. So my assumption would be that Xavier Adkins will decommit sooner rather than later and you know ultimately flip to the Aggies and, and go join that class. But, yeah, that, that's really that's the gist.
0: No, the handwriting's kind of on the wall with that, but you know they they picked up that guy a uh, Singleton, so you know I think LSU's going to be looking good at the linebacker. Um, yeah, no, it's exciting times. So, uh, any other recruiting news? And then you said with um, there's a, there's the dead period. When does that kick in, or is it kicked in already?
1: And that started up on Tuesday, so there was like a four, five, okay. six day window where recruits can have contact face to face with programs. So. That was Thursday to Tuesday, which is why Friday was such a big event, and even just that entire weekend as a whole to get Colin Simmons to stay. So that recruiting dead period kicked up again on Tuesday. So you can talk to coaches and programs over the phone, text, stuff like that, but no face to face contact.
0: So they can't. So they can't take official visits. So, well, shit. Well, I mean, if Colin Simmons is gonna, if Colin Simmons and Durham are both gonna set an announcement date, and they can't take any more official visits, like, you know. When, when When is it lifted for the dead period?
1: It's either later this month or September 1st. I have to go check. It might be the entire month. Um, I don't quite okay. remember the date. But like you were saying, for for them to be in town for damn near the entire dead period is huge. And then to be set a commitment date shortly after is, is crazy. So we'll see. I mean, I feel like Caden Durham, we're, we're trending pretty good for him. If I had to put in a pick myself, I'd probably pull one in for Durham. But Simmons, he, he is – He's good at trolling. He's good at doing a lot of different things on social media. He can lead people in one direction and go another. He knows what his status is. So that, that's a guy that people are going to be monitoring extremely heavily. I'm, I'm hoping he does an August commitment date. That That's what I've been kind of, you know, hearing and stuff. But if he drags this thing out, who knows what can happen. Yeah, if
0: I was a recruit, I would drag this thing out to the last second. I mean, why not uh, wind and dine and everything else, go travel? Like, there's really no reason not to um, even if I was
1: committed like, you've you unlimited to like, You can take as many. Yeah, dude. I, I mean, I'd be
0: whining, I'd be whining, and dying, and then I mean, like whenever you commit last second, it seems like I wouldn't say you're more value, but it's kind of that perception of like you're more value. Like, oh damn, he chose us out, out of everyone. So, yeah, I mean, why not? Um, but it's still encouraging, nonetheless. So, um, I'm excited. Uh, you want to go over predictions for this year uh, for the schedule? Sure. I would do a core, but I can't get you guys together. Um, all I mean, right, Florida right. State. We like
1: should mean, probably wait for Corey for that.
0: Well, we'll do a pre 504 core uh, schedule prediction. I'll um, see you versus Florida State week one. And you got.
1: That game's going to tell the whole story for the entire season, in my opinion. Whatever happens that game and whatever you see from those players, is what you're going to get for the rest of the season. They, Florida killed it in the transfer portal. I mean, they, their roster is intact. It, it, it looks great. Um, but I'm going to ride with LSU there because LSU did that. Florida that State.
0: Hmm. Did you say Florida or Florida
1: State? I said Florida State. I'm talking about Florida State.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, I thought you said Florida. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Florida State is definitely going to be good. Um, the rankings aren't out yet, but they're probably – it's going to be a, a top-10 matchup for both teams, so – um, I'm excited. Yeah, I mean LC's favorite by two and a half, three in some sports books. So um I think that biggest advantage of this year, I think if LC had a week week zero game last year versus them, I think they win that game. Like out of all out of all the stuff that happened in that game last year, like they still came so close to just winning that game. Um yeah, I think I think having a week zero matchup was a was the world of difference for the matchup last year. So I don't think Florida State has a Week zero matchup, huh? No, so it's the first game of the year for both of them. So, yeah, I think LSU will win. Um, I think they'll come out motivated. They got grambling. They'll probably be grambling. Mississippi State, that'll be a fun one at 11 a.m. I mean, LSU schedule, I wouldn't say it's hard, nor I would say it's easy. It's just a typical LSU schedule. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm expecting them to be pretty good this year. What what would you think they're going to win? Uh, Or how many games do you think they're going to lose, rather, this year?
1: Probably, t- I mean, I'd like to see him go 10-2. and two. I mean, I, I see no reason why they shouldn't lose more than that. That Bama game is going to be a very telling game, and then, you know, they're going to slip up at some yeah. point to one team that they shouldn't, whether it's Florida, A&M, somebody like that. There'll be one that they slip up, but that Alabama matchup is going to be unbelievable in, in Tuscaloosa. I'm, I'm really looking forward to that one.
0: Yeah, it, it's just it's circled every single time. Um, yeah, I'm excited for that. I'm assuming that's going to be a night game or a late afternoon game, but um, – yeah, no. LSU just plays the freaking hardest schedule every year. Um, I wouldn't say it's – I mean, it's pretty hard. It's pretty on par with everything else, but, yeah. Anything else you want to add?
1: No, nah, we hit on everything. Baseball, recruiting, a little schedule action. We really hit on everything. We just got to get you, me, and Corey on one pod together.
0: I know. Very challenging, but
1: we'll get it done. But, uh.
0: All right, well, that about does it. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. We just had an Instagram page, five hundred four core media. If you guys can follow it, we'd really appreciate it. And uh,
1: yeah, have a good day.